The British writer Johan Hari said that addiction is an adaptation. It is not you. It's the cage you live in. Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Genius Theory. This is a podcast where I talk about random things that I think are interesting, like mental health, spirituality, conspiracies, the meaning of life, etc. The name Genius Theory comes from the fact that a theory is just a group of ideas that are intended to explain something. So every episode you listen to is going to revolve around a set of ideas that come together to form a unique genius theory. So thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. All right. It's so awkward I have to start. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. It has been a very long time since my last episode. It's actually a little bit heartbreaking. It's really emotional. Um, No, it's actually not. It's been like two months. I had a lot going on, but now we're back in business. Today, I'm here with my special guest. Hi, guys. I'm Jack Cadilla. Um, I'm honored to be on the podcast, and today we're going to be talking about addiction. Yes. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's we a lot made... to unpack. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. We made a lot of discoveries, actually, just planning yeah. out this podcast episode. But, where shall we start? The different kinds? Different kinds of... Yeah, we were talking about this before. It's almost hard to categorize addiction, because it always comes back to, you know, one thing, which is... Um, I mean, addiction is just addiction. Yeah, you can categorize it into, like, mental, physical, um, and then we're going to talk about, like, reasons for addiction later, but first we're going to talk about, uh, like, mental addiction and, yeah, and emotional, a, emotional Yeah, addiction. almost a different, like he said, you can't really, like, group it together, but different subcategories or just different branches or different ways of looking at it. So, yeah, what do you want to start with, mental? Yeah, we should start with mental okay. addiction. I think there's, there's, um, there's, there's broader, like, there's specific topics that fall under mental addiction. Because when you think of addiction, you're really only thinking of physical, which is substance abuse, which is the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be what m- we're mostly talking about today. Right. Um, which is drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. That's what you think of when you think of addiction. But there's also, I mean, there's addiction to social media. There's addiction to, to people i mean there are people who um are just totally addicted to another person Mm -hmm. and then there's also addiction to objects and stuff like that objects even addictions to like routines addictions to and i it can apply to so many different yeah i feel like the two categories here are like Things that fall under drugs and then th- things that don't. Right. It's like everything other than drugs and alcohol. <laughs> right. And it's also almost like here are the physical ad- addictions. Like, okay, this substance. Okay, this person or this item. But then it's also like addictions to non-tangible things. Right. Like addictions to feelings. Addictions yes. to... How other people make you feel. Right. And it's like... Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Let's start with let's start with the mental aspect of addiction because yeah. I think the mental aspect kind of controls it kind of governs all of the little branches that do yeah. fall under addiction. For sure. I think it starts with like um you know, biologically the brain uh craves stimulation. We crave 
something that makes us feel good. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the first thing about mental addiction, you know, besides drugs and alcohol that you can say is that it, it always stems to, um, I mean, it actually, I'm, I'm wrong. It actually can stem from environmental factors like trauma. Right. You know, right. I mean, people who have PTSD, uh, tend to be predisposed to, to later in life becoming addicted to something. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, or, or low self-esteem as well. Right. That's another one. Right. It, it, I feel like it depends a lot on, like you said, the environment can mm-hmm. almost just shape. Yeah. The environment can almost dictate whether or not you're going to be in a strong place to reject or like turn away from addiction or if you're in a poor environment, if you have a poor mental state, if you're in a poor experience or a traumatic experience, you're going to be more vulnerable and yeah. you're going to be more likely to fall into addiction. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's social media, too. Social media, yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one. Coming off of my week of no social media, mm-hmm. it was like it was like five, six days. It wasn't a whole mm-hmm. week because... I had to make the podcast, so I had to break my social media cleanse. But the thing, like, I have never struggled with addiction of, Mm -hmm. like, a real addiction. Like, okay, you have to go get help. But I do categorize social media as an addiction that I have had. Oh, it's it's absolutely an addiction. And it's a a generational one, too. Yeah. Our entire generation, even people, adults, we Mm -hmm. were, we were eating, like, where were we getting tacos or whatever yeah, today? Yeah. And there was two other people waiting to get their food and they're just sitting at the table glued to their phone. Glued to their phone. And I think it's I think it's almost <clears throat> an addiction of of wanting to gain information. Like if you go on social if you go on Twitter, Twitter is, you know, if something happens in the world, like say someone really important dies, like Twitter is the first thing to find out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost like that not wanting to miss out right it's almost like not wanting to miss out you want to the whole premise of being addicted to social media revolves around just wanting to gain knowledge Mm. i think and i think oftentimes when people are glued to their phone it's because they don't want to they want to be involved in, in the growing world i think it's almost like a cycle that um like continues to happen as more mm-hmm. people go on social media, yes. more knowledge is coming into light. And it reels in more people. Yeah, right. I feel like it honestly, it begins with that. It begins at such an innocent, like, oh, like, oh, join Facebook, like mm-hmm. connect with your friends across the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, join Snapchat, make more friends at school, like branch out and meet people from college. But like, I believe that social media was created for such a good me too. Purpose, yeah. like good intentions, but look at how it's taken over yeah. the entire world. Oh, for sure. It was taking over my life. Like how I told you before, I would wake up, the first thing I would do, open my phone, go through all my messages. Mm-hmm. I felt the need to respond to every person, every notification, address everything that was on my phone before I even got myself out of bed, before I even went to the bathroom. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, Especially people our age, of course. I couldn't go anywhere without my phone. I couldn't do anything without picking up my phone. Like, ho- doing homework, having my phone in the same room was impossible. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the self-control. Maybe some people can do it. I. 
It was horrible. Yeah. All I'm trying to say is that breaking away from that type of addiction, I have had no anxiety that this entire week. Mm-hmm. Just a, a clear... It's very healthy to do. I a think, clear mental state. I think we really are addicted to our phones and to, to social media. And I think... It's the stimulation it's, thing that we were talking it's, about. I was just going to say that. It has to do with our brains just constantly needing stimulation, something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're alone in your room and there's not much to do, that you're going to go on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so natural for us. Um, but, I mean, I think there is definitely good that comes out of social media. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's funny that you say that, like, alone in your room and bored. That is also how addictions can start. Mm-hmm. Especially famous people, like... Especially the big, famous people, right. like, who blow up out of nowhere. I remember Mac Miller had an, had an interview, and he was talking about he made all this money, and he's at the he's at the top of the world now, and he's like, what do I do now? Right. And he was bored. He was like, let me try this one drug, and he got into it, and he's like, you have so much money, you can't help but spend, oh, I might as well throw all my money into this drug. Right. And he got addicted. And, and I think... I mean, we mentioned this before, that, like, you know, when it comes to celebrities and, like, people who have a lot of fame, I think the fact that they're living such an abnormal life mm-hmm. can can tie into um, almost a feeling of, like, why am I different from, so different from everyone else? Right. You know, why can't I just live a normal life, a modest life, what where no one has to know everything that I do. Right. And I think that can get into people's heads, people who have a lot of fame, especially at a, such an early age, who um, are accelerated into so much money, so much popularity. And I think that can get into people's heads, and I think they can they are more prone to, to falling back on something that that can that gives their brain some kind of like satisfaction, like mm-hmm. an addiction. Um, cause they do, they live such abnormal lives yeah. and, and they can't, the people who they choose to surround themselves with that, that must be hard because you, you can't really give those people a sense of normal because if, mm-hmm. if you're someone who's so famous and like, say you get like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, that, that person is choosing to. To be so open because publicize their entire life right. and their family life and their past. Yeah. Like, and you can't give that person, you can't guarantee mm. that person like peace. Yeah. You know, and that's, that must be pretty, yeah. pretty mentally taxing. I feel like, I feel like I've seen so many child actors, especially yeah. like Lindsay Lohan yeah. or what, who else? The Amanda Bynes. Oh, absolutely. I, I, children, especially when your brain is developing. Yeah. Are so so, I mean, the brain at that age is so easily molded. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so young and they're thrown into like this acting scene or this right. public eye and they grow up and that's all they ever know. No wonder they go crazy because that's not normal. No, it's not normal. It's not normal. And when you're going through things that are like messing with your brain, how could you not turn to substances to yeah. numb it and to take your mind off of it? Right. And I think that does take us into the the next topic, which is substance abuse. Right, um, right. I feel like this whole time we've been hinting at it. Because yeah. Because it is the most common... When you think of addiction, that's what you think of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, drugs and alcohol especially, you come out of school and, like, you just don't have a set course in life. That's right. like one of the things I think of. It's like mm-hmm. we're at an age where it's almost... We're uncertain 
which is normal. We're not at a steady point in our lives. We're at a very changing pace in our lives. And I think oftentimes, like, people who are our age, like, tend to be addicted to a substance. Mm -hmm. And and that, that can be scary. I see it all the time. Well, we were just talking about vaping and juuling. Yeah. It's so weird because when our parents were kids, it was like, oh, come smoke a cigarette. Like, we're so mm-hmm. cool for smoking a cigarette. And then it turned out that it was horrible for you. And today it's like, why is it cool to vape? Or why? Right. Would, I remember being in high school and seeing people with a vape and being like, oh, my God, like, I want that. Like, yeah. I want to look cool. For what? To get addicted to it? Right. And struggle your entire life? Right. Like, it's not... I just, I don't, I've never really seen the point of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can get addicted. I understand that. But, like, for me, at least, I I never had that craving for mm-hmm. it. And, even, I mean, obviously, I've hit, like, a lot of jewels. Like, yes. You know, I've done, you know, obviously, I've done that, mm-hmm. like, when I'm with friends or whatever. But it's never, like, it. I never craved it, even mm-hmm. after having that physical... Even having it, like, you doing it. Yeah, and that never kicked in for me. So, for me, it's like, yes, I understand why people can be addicted, but for me personally, it's like, no, I don't really see the point. Mm-hmm. I feel like what you just said there is a perfect, almost, example or just a perfect, like, perspective on people who almost don't believe in addiction. Mm-hmm. Because I used to be, like... I almost used to think like that, where it was, oh, it's not hard, just say no. Right. Or, oh, don't start it in the first place, et cetera. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like, it's not that hard to not get addicted to something. But when you introduce your brain to something like that, your brain physically changes the way it operates. Yeah, like, the neurons are firing at different rates. The and chemicals the neuro- are being it's, produced. It's the chemicals. It's the neurotransmitters, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something that reminded me of, like, the social aspect of addiction. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like... Yes. The Go peer try pressure. this. Go try... Right. Yeah. Because you said, you know... Like, there is there is a social aspect to it, for sure. And it's especially at people who are in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think... Once addiction changes your brain, that craving almost accelerates like a snowball going down a hill because it's like you have a little bit more and then your brain makes a little bit less of that chemical. So it's that chemical dependency. It's, it's, I mean, this is how addiction, this is the the core of of substance abuse is that your brain will literally become dependent on it Mm -hmm. and your brain will change its chemistry because it no longer needs to produce Right. Those chemicals, it, it has an outside source. So, that you know, that is the... the That's terrifying. The yeah, That's terrifying. so scary. It's almost like, you know, when someone breaks a bone or, like, they're in a cast for a long time and they can't use their arm. Right. And it, they, t- they get the cast off and it's like, why is my arm so much smaller than my other arm that was normal? Mm-hmm. Because your body had no reason to be using its muscles. Right. So they literally just die. Yeah. So think about our brain when we're introducing things to our brain and now all of a sudden this chemical is ripped away. Right. Obviously you're going to go crazy and crave that chemical that you yeah. were just feeding and it. And then the, that and then when you stop, you know, there's withdrawals. Mhm. Um which is a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. We didn't plan we didn't plan the withdrawal part of it. No, but there absolutely is withdrawal and the worst withdrawal is definitely heroin probably because really? or meth. But the withdrawals for nicotine, really, are just like sweating. Your Swe- yeah, it's it, it. Yeah, it's not 
nearly as intense as what it would be for like heroin, which right because heroin mimics our body's natural um, painkiller. Because oh. our body, our body does have a natural painkiller, mm-hmm. and it's it's endorphins. Right. Right. So when 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 you come off a of heroin, you're not producing endorphins. Right. For a, for a long time until your body can do it, and that is supposed to be extremely painful. Wow. Even like moving your body is painful. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's it's weird. That's okay. That's another like incredible point. I feel like okay. I feel like this is gonna transition into like the more chemical aspect, like the brain aspect, yeah. and. Yeah, the chemicals is what, like, blows me away because there have been times where I'm sure anyone can relate to this. You're in a bad spot mentally or you're going through something and you're like, okay, I just need to get my mind off this. Mm-hmm. And some people have different ways of taking this route. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I, I feel like shit, I'm going to go for a run. Right. Or I feel like shit, I'm going to go play music. Or I feel like shit, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Or I'm going to go have a drink. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to go pop a Zan or whatever. Right, right, right. I don't even no, know. I get your analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like people have different ways of attacking this problem of getting out, getting themselves Co- out of uh, yeah, coping. coping. Right. But the thing with the chemicals. So, for example, let's just take, I feel like shit, I'm going to go for a run as an example. There's times where I've been feeling like that. I go for a run and I can physically feel a change in yeah, my it's brain. Yeah, yeah, it's physically chemicals, endorphins, dopamine, yes. serotonin being released, and it makes you feel so much better yeah. than you felt before. Absolutely, and and I think that it's the same thing. It's okay, the same. I'm gonna go do a drug. It's literally the same. It is producing those chemicals, right? But now it's a, it's an like an object giving you. Yeah, that. and I think I mean the biggest. When I think of addiction, I, I do tend to think of people around our age because I think it's a time, I mean, I mentioned this before, where it's like, we're, we're coming out of a time where it's... Um, uncertain. Uncertain. And when you're in high school, right, you have all these class courses that are, are pretty much set in stone. Right. And it's like, our lives up until high school were very routine. Right. And very... Laid like, out for us. Laid out. And, and I think... You don't, you, there wasn't really a reason to fall back on uh, some sort of substance to give you, um, to, to give you the satisfaction that people crave when it comes to being addicted to substances. Mm-hmm. And I think when you come out of high school, it's like, okay, I have college, but you know, there's not set class courses you can take. And mm-hmm. it's not like in college you're getting almost like, there's not a lot of opportunities to prove right that every day you're doing good. Whereas, right. in high, whereas in high school, it was like, you know, you can get kind of those gold stars or those make like, honor roll yeah, or student yeah. of the week or whatever. And I think, and I think some, for some people that they can be like swept up in that. And it's mm-hmm. like, once you come out of high school, there's not really a plan. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times just people will fall back on like alcohol, whether they having where they're they're struggling in like a relationship that mm-hmm. they're in with someone or just in general like school a job any type of stress yeah and i think that is the 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 age where mm-hmm. this where being addicted to something is definitely the most common mm-hmm. or where that addiction will start yeah and you and, and you know even people who are struggling with mental health um i think mental health 
and addiction are kind of similar in the sense that like it's something that people are trying to actively struggle like actively fight every yes. day you know if someone has a mental health issue or they are addicted to something it, that must be hard not to tell everyone right that you have no idea how hard it is exactly for me to get in this the place where i am now exactly and and you have no idea how hard it is that Every day I'm actively struggling. Fighting a battle. Fighting not to go back into a dark place. Right. Right. And, and no one's giving them a pat on the back for that. Mm-hmm. For, for, for actively fighting something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not getting rewarded. And I think that's, that can be very difficult. It's, it's, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking of, I always like to compare mental things to physical things mm-hmm. because whenever i think of mental health and how it's dealt with and how it's talked about in some situations it's often just blown off and dismissed as bullshit mm-hmm. so i always think about the like example of oh i broke my leg last weekend no one's coming into your house saying oh you have a broken leg just walk like just right. it's okay just walk right but when you're depressed laying in bed you can't get up because you can't even, whatever, people people will approach you and be like, oh, you're depressed? Just go for a walk. Right. Oh, just get some sun. Oh, you're not depressed. But just because you can't see someone's ailment doesn't mean that it's not real not or real. invalid. Yeah, you can't disregard, yeah. You right. know? You, you can't do that. And I like the comparison of ad- struggling with an addiction and struggling with mental, mental health, health. Yeah. Because... Both of them are active battles. Active battles. And, and they're it, hard and battles. And every second is trying not to... Yes. Trying not to fall back into a, yes. a, a bad place. And, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the times people will be almost judged, even though... It's hard to explain. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that may, if you're struggling with mental health or addiction and you're in a spot that you think is, is, is good... It's hard when the people around you think that you're in a spot that's still shitty. Yep. And and that's hard because it's like you have no idea how how hard I've come or yep. how far I've come from from being in a really dark place. Yeah. And not getting validation, I think, can off can can really set people back. Yeah. You know, it's like you you come forward. It's like one step. Your head, and then you're back another three. Yep. It's a cycle that kind of like eats itself. Yeah. Because it's like you're you're actively fighting, you're actively fighting, but no one is really giving you that validation. Yeah. Or that um, even praise or yeah. encouragement yeah. is what yes. they need. I love comparing it to like how I said before the physical aspect of it. I keep thinking about like for example, a football player or a softball player, and they're moving up and their team. Oh, they're assistant captain oh Mm -hmm. their captain like oh they made their varsity letter and everyone congratulates them great job because it's progress that you can physically see right like you said the pat on the back yeah but with people fighting mental illness with people fighting addiction no one can see it but them Mm -mm. so this huge not this huge like 10 yards that this person has made in terms of mental recovery people can look at it and just see it as a tiny baby steps but to this person, it's so much it's more so than much that. It's so much more than that. And no one knows. No. And no one can understand it either. Yeah. And you have no idea how hard it must be for them not to turn to everyone in the room and be like, 
I'm at a spot that that I have come far. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you have no idea how hard it is for me every day to be mm-hmm. actively fighting against this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do really think there is a big comparison, like in terms of societal, um, like how people view addiction in society. It's very similar mm-hmm. to mental health. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame because we were just talking about how things in this generation are really bring, being brought up and addressed and mm-hmm. mental health, sexuality, women's rights, rights for people of color, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter mm-hmm. are just some examples. Addiction isn't one of them. No. And I never thought about it until now. Yeah. It's it it it's something that really people don't talk about. Right? And it's it's so like human to be addicted to something. Isn't it? It is. It's part of the human experience to be to have some sort of addiction. What and we were talking about this before about how there's almost like a spectrum. Right. Okay, yes. Explain the addiction spectrum. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I was thinking about this, when I was thinking about addiction, I was thinking about how there's almost, like, there is a spectrum to it. Because, you know, at one side, it could be like you're completely addicted. Your brain quite literally depends on depends it. on it. And then there's also a point on the spectrum where it almost doesn't even it's not even considered addiction. Right. And it's almost like an attraction. Right. Or a very um, strong attraction. Yeah. Or even a, even having a liking for something. Yes. Yes. Like a hobby. Right. Uh, so I, we I, were just questioning. We were questioning because I wanted to say that everyone is an addict to something in some kind of sense. And we were, we were like debating on this because we were just saying, okay, at what point do you draw the line of calling something an addiction? Right. And there, you can't draw a line. You really can't. I think, I think, if you were to draw a line, I think between an addiction and something you just like, the biggest difference is that an addiction is unhealthy. True. An addiction is something. It, it's unhealthy because it. I mean, it can be unhealthy for many reasons. It can be unhealthy because it screws your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. It can be unhealthy because it starts affecting the people around you. Right. And and socially it's unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. If you're addicted to alcohol, I mean that can really destroy some very close relationships mm-hmm. and that's even that. hurt other people, uh, the amount hurt, of drunk yeah. driver accidents. Oh absolutely. And and an addiction is something that is definitely has a negative connotation. And mm-hmm. I think when when you draw the spectrum, it's like, okay, an attraction is something that, yeah, you like it. You you know what you like, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's not hurting anybody. It's just something that you really enjoy and you take interest in. But when it becomes an addiction, it's like, oh, it's really starting to, yeah. to alter them. Yep. And alter their relationships and their brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with that, I like how you said before that now – just like just this time of year or this time of our age and growing up and whatever coming out of high school going into college even mm-hmm. coming out of college we not only are our brains so young and even still developing but we're just presented with so many experiences yes. and presented with <clears throat> so many different options yeah our life is forever is changing always changing always changing and that's why this is such a hard time when people do fall into addiction. Mm. And when they fall into it, it's almost, 
I didn't realize it was this bad until right. I look behind me and there's a fire burning right. and like everything is crashing right, 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 right. and, and it's a cycle. Down. Yeah, it is a cycle. And it's a it's a very it's like a negative feedback thing. Or yeah. no, it's positive feedback. Do you know are you familiar with that? Yeah. It's like it's like as it gets worse or as it something increases, it's only gonna increase even more. Mm-hmm. It's like an exponential thing. Positive feedback. Yeah. Positive feedback. Whereas negative feedback would be if it increases, then it's going to decrease. Right. This is the opposite. This is the more it increases, the more it increases. Right. Like it gets more, you know? <laughs> yes. And I think that has to do with addiction because it's like the more your brain craves it, the more you're going to feed into it. Right. And I feel like I remember taking dare classes or whatever. The officer yeah, yeah, would come yeah, to dare. school and I will never forget the example that they always give was riding a roller coaster and this is a horrible example. There's so many other better examples mm. to give. But it was always just the idea that you get on the roller coaster, you try the drug the first time, and you go up the roller coaster and it feels amazing. And then you come down the roller coaster and it's like, damn, that was fun. Right. I want to ride the roller coaster again. Right. So you ride the, co- the roller coaster again, you do it a couple more times, and you're like, this roller coaster is so boring. Yeah. I want a better roller coaster. So you go on the bigger roller coaster, get more of a thrill, whatever. And, and it then that just, becomes boring. And exactly. And you're craving, you're craving more and more yeah. and more. It's, um, it's, it's such an innocent example, but it's actually terrifying no, when you apply yeah. it to situations. Oh, absolutely. I feel like people take metaphors and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a good metaphor. But no, when you actually apply it and when you hear stories about it, it's like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And it's a realistic metaphor. It's more realistic. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I know this is someone who was in my mother's life. And it's still in my mother's life now. But my mom raised me, whatever, raising me, I was going through high school. And the one thing that she always was very strong about was stay away from drugs. They can ruin your life. They can ruin your life. They Mm -hmm. will ruin your life Mm -hmm. if you mess with them at all. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. No one listens to their, no one listens to their parents. Mm Mm-mm. And I always was like, why is she being so weird about this? Right. She would why, tell is me, she, why is she being so adamant? Why is she it? being so adamant? She would tell me that she would turn me into the police herself if she ever caught me doing drugs. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. Well, fast forward, I find out that there was someone in my mother's life who was messing around with drugs mm-hmm. at a teenage, teenage years, our age. And slowly it crept up on her, on this person, and she didn't realize what was happening to her. And little by little, she would feed the addiction more and feed the addiction more, slowly putting in all of her money, all of her paychecks into this addiction Mm -hmm. to whatever it was. Some drug, I don't know what it was. But not only did it start to change the way she thought, it changed her entire personality where... Now she was stealing money from my mom mm. or stealing money from people she would work for, stealing money from men she would sleep with, right. stealing hundred, stealing like $1,000 watches to go sell it and make, get money for her drugs. Mm-hmm. All because of a small addiction that started, mm-hmm. it began to take over her life. And even in one circumstance, she was messing around and she messed with the wrong person trying to steal and they beat her up so bad that she was unconscious and threw her in a dumpster and left her body in the dumpster as if she was dead. And 
since then she is has been out of recovery she's doing amazing now but it just shows you how powerful imagine a small innocent addiction turning into that you become a thief and you start stealing from people yeah a monster a monster that destroys all your relationships around Mm -hmm. you not even just it's just crazy how something so you think it's like not even a big deal it just starts as such a small thing and then it like you said it snowballs into something so so uncontrollable yeah yeah so I, I, i almost wonder if that guy didn't beat her up if she would still be here, he, oh. might have, he might have actually saved her life. Right, because that's the thing. People need like a a slap in the yeah. face. You have to. I mean, obviously, what he did was like horrible. No, yeah. But like, would she still be here today? Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, imagine she wasn't running into trouble like that. Right. And imagine it no. was just the drug. It would continue. Her it would eventually kill her. Yeah. If if she didn't have that one person, who I mean pretty much left her for dead yeah then you know you never know Mm -hmm. so i think there's only it's almost like everything happens for a reason everything happens for a reason there's a good thing behind everything like right underline little silver lining lining. you know silver lining yeah okay yeah so with that being said i think one of the last parts that we're going to talk about is why this happens and why it's so easy for people like how I just gave you an example how it's so easy to start on something so small and have it completely ruin your life yeah we're going to talk about the reasons uh for addiction and why it happens um and I think the first thing we can say is um I mean we already pretty much touched up on like biological reasons right, right? the the brain craving the the brain the brain needing mm-hmm. a chemical because it no longer produces it so mm-hmm. it needs some sort of outside source mm-hmm. uh i mean for example like heroin it it mimics endorphins um alcohol in some ways does mimic like serotonin right and it's also a depressant though yeah it is it definitely is um even things a really common thing is when people are prescribed um medication after a surgery or after some kind of procedure those chemicals, they don't only block pain signals and pain transmitters, but they physically produce not only good feelings, but they honestly produce, like, the feel-good chemicals in mm-hmm. your brain. Like I said, serotonin, dopamine. Right. Norepinephrine. Exactly. Um, and also another reason um, is trauma. I, yeah. I, I think childhood experiences, I mean, we are based off of what our experiences are in our childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a... It is the, the the point in our lives that determine everything. It's, I mean, yeah. your childhood is, your brain is so plastic. Mm-hmm. Plastic as in, like, able to be molded. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so plastic and so, uh, like, what's the word? It's just, like, really fresh. And yes. it's easy to make an imprint on yeah, it. Yeah, imprint. And, and... Because when people are... They do when they do investigations on like criminals or murderers or yeah, it's always okay. What happened in their childhood that would cause them to act out like this? And it's usually really fucked up things. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, besides our experiences, I think there is a genetic component, and we talked about this earlier. I think there are people who are definitely predisposed to having an addiction. Um, I know alcoholism 
tends to run in families, it is a predisposition, which doesn't, which in that word itself means that it's not like guaranteed. It's just they're, they're predisposed to, to having an addiction. Right. It's almost like, it's almost like once you do introduce it to the brain or once you do introduce it to this person, it's a lot harder for them to Mm -hmm. break away. Whereas if addiction doesn't run in your family and you do try this, okay, you can kind of take a step back, you know? Right. Some people can't do that as easily. And it actually makes me think of a very specific example, which is mothers who are pregnant. And if they are addicted to a substance, the baby will become addicted yes. at birth. And they actually have to give the baby, when the baby's born, they have to give that baby the drug. Oh my God. Or some form of that drug that is very similar mm-hmm. in a medical way. Or else the baby will die. Yeah. And they actually have to, um, like if, if a woman is like addicted to like cocaine or whatever, that baby will need some kind of um, form. That baby will have withdrawals. Yeah. Because... The, whatever the mother is is ingesting or whatever the mother's um, chemistry, body chemistry is, will also be the baby's. So once you take that away from the baby after it's born and it's no longer attached to the mother, then it's going to go through withdrawals, which is crazy. That's and terrible. It's terrible. That's and, so horrible. And I'm sure that the percentage of babies who were born addicted to a substance like later in life, I'm sure that they will be addicted. Oh yeah. You know, because that never, that I feel like that craving never really goes away because it's so innate. It's so, um, natural. It's almost, they're almost programmed now at birth to be addicted to this substance. So imagine growing up and having that. It's almost like having a piece of you be removed like this addict, uh, this little addiction when you're a little baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Imagine growing up and having a missing piece of you come back and having to then push it away. It's right. It has to be impossible. Yeah, it's got to be hard. I, I don't really know the statistic on it. Like, I don't know the statistic of, of, of babies who are born with um, a drug addiction. Yeah. And then if they are later in life drug addicts, I don't, I'm not quite sure, but I imagine yeah. it, it would be a correlation there mm-hmm. for sure, um, which is pretty interesting. And then I also... The last reason I think that we were were discussing before was um, having like a low self esteem mm-hmm. and having a wanting to prove yourself yeah to other people like how we were saying oh you're gonna look so cool if you smoke this cigarette right once, you know it's a social there's a social aspect yeah and it's like you know there peer pressure is real mm-hmm. and I don't think peer pressure itself will cause the addiction i think it starts the addiction i don't i don't think it will continue it yeah um no definitely not because at that point it's like you take your foot off the gas and the car is still going exactly you can't control it at that point right and it's like the peer pressure may start that addiction but it's not going to cause it like i don't Mm. think i think what causes it would be oh do this then you do it and then you're like oh that felt good Right. And then it becomes personal, and then it's like, oh, I crave that. Yeah. But it's not the people around you who are telling you to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, it's only that one time, really. And then once you get hooked, you're hooked. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think that comes into, like, or that brings us into, like, the addictive personalities that right. we were talking about. Right, right. Um, which is actually a very, like debated subject like there are right. a lot of people who don't think that that's like a real thing that you can have a di- an addictive personality people just think right. it's a predisposition 
And we were saying that too. I was like, how do you define how do you prove that you have an addictive personality Mm -hmm. like who told you that right and that's why i think that 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 phrase is so vague Mm -hmm. because it's like but i also don't want to like invalidate anyone who feels that they do have an addictive personality oh sure because i know so many people who have been like oh i need to get medication like oh i need adderall for adhd but my personality is so addictive i would abuse it Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's valid. I'm, but it good is valid, for you. Yeah. Good for you for being aware of that because it. You can totally get addicted to Adderall. You can get addicted to anything. Right. But yeah, having that's like um. I wish I had a third person here who was like, I have. I'm an addict. You know. Yeah. That would be good insight. That would be good. That would be good insight because I want to hear what they have to say. I know. But you know. I think we both have a lot of knowledge about it. Yeah. Um, and people that we know. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've. We've seen it. We've, mm-hmm. we've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it would be interesting to have a third person kind of tell them right. us, like, why they do what they do. But I think mm-hmm. every time the reason's just going to be, like, I'm addicted. Like, it's almost like they don't even know. It's like, oh, I'm just addicted because I just, I simply crave it. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop. And I, that's that. And I'm just like, okay, well, subconsciously your brain is craving it. Right. You just can't put a finger on it. And... I think yeah, that would that would be what most people would say. Yeah. Or or it it, re- it brings them some kind of relief, like like people who um like drink. I think like drinking is like a common one because people. I, and I'm talking about people who drink like an unhealthy amount. Yeah. And, and t- to where the point where they're quite literally like drinking away their problems. Right. I think that can is definitely a valid reason because you know when you're when you're drunk you're not really in the same mindset like obviously you're no not, absolutely you're not. not and and your your mind is definitely altered and i think people are addicted to how it kind of lets their mind go in a different place mm-hmm. and it's escapism right you know it's escaping yes that that reality that is like you know that is life and, and the yeah. circumstances that we have to go through and the obstacles that we have to overcome and i think having that that escape can mm-hmm. be so addicting yeah I think when, like, when all, like, you boil all this down, I think it is completely under the control of your brain, as Mm -hmm. we said before. Oh, yeah. We were saying, you know, strip away all, like, the outside, strip away all, like, the extra, like, additives or whatever you want to call it. It comes down to escaping, Mm -hmm. and it comes down to your brain just needing another place to go Mm -hmm. because okay like for example you're in a bad home environment let me escape to a friend's house let me escape to school but not not every time you're gonna have right a physical place that you Uh can go to you can't escape an addiction that's or you can't escape like a bad mental state so okay i'm gonna you can't escape your mind right exactly yeah you know, so, yeah, it it really comes down to escaping, numbing, um, not wanting to feel certain emotions and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of brings us into, like, the last section, which was when we were talking about how the brain itself. Right. The brain itself. This is tea, guys. This, this is tea. Is tea. <laughs> we, we were, like, making the plan or, like, the outline for this episode. And I was like, what do I call this episode? Yeah. And we were really debating on this. And somewhere along the lines, Jack was like, 
oh my god, your brain is the real addict here. Like, I mean, the brain. Uh, which sounds so, like, dumb and obvious, but if you think about it, the, and I'm not talking about the brain is, like, an addict in terms of, like, it's an it's addicted to, to like, a specific thing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that the brain quite literally is addicted to stimulation. Just stimulation yeah. as a general term. Our brains, if you looked at everything we said today... It's, it comes down to our brains just wanting stimulation. Yeah, our brains wanting that thing that we're Social giving Social media, it. our phones. I mean, we mm. constantly need to be doing something. That is yeah. quite literally the, the, the definition of being addicted is that your yeah. brain just needs some kind, some form of stimulation. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it could be because you're bored. I mean, a lot of the times you, you, your brain will boil down to craving stimulation when you're bored. Right. That is the most common, like, time period, I, I would say. Yeah. Like, if you're just alone at night, like, you're just sitting in your room, like, you're going to want to do something. Right. And you're going to want to, like, go on your phone or, like, do something. Yeah. I mean, even the, the like, the fidget spinner. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Like my fidget toy. He's hitting on my fidget toy. Listen. Right. This is my fidget toy. Yeah, this is, like, ASMR. It's, like, there's all these different buttons and yeah. things you can, like, do on this toy. And it's, like, and it's like that's just that's just the human right. experience. Needing, like, needing the stimulation, you needing just, our brains are and, and, and if our brains are in total isolation, like, there have been many experience, experiments on this. Um, I mean, even just solitary confinement. People right. People were in solitary You're confinement. so messed up. I mean, they... They go quite literally insane mm-hmm. after only. I mean, you'd think it would be like a week, but it's it's less short than a time. It's like a. It's like if you're in complete isolation for like five days. I think I, it could be three or five days. Mm-hmm. Your your brain will will start to hallucinate. Yes, and just go insane because hallucination when you're so bored is a thing because your brain will actually create hallucinations yes. in order to stimulate itself. Oh, that's so it, that's it, so crazy. It, it it creates false images. You know, you can see things, you can hear things. There's all different types of lose, uh, hallucinations, but the the purpose is to to keep the brain stimulated. Right, it, it's stimulating itself at that point because there's right. no external stimuli. Uh, so yeah, I think I think like that. That's just I, the brain is needing is is always in need of stimulation, and I think. When people are in points of their lives where it's almost like that transitional period and they don't really know, they don't really have a plan with their life, I that's a time where, where you tend to be bored or lonely and your brain needs something to do. Mm-hmm. So smoking cigarettes, those kind of things will, will, will satisfy the brain. Right. The worst part is that it's such a temporary satisfaction mm-hmm. or it's such a fleeting mm-hmm. moment or just a fleeting... Like, fleeting. You know, it's really, it's really quick. And what you were saying before about being locked away or being in solitary confinement and how I was talking about when you have a cast on and your muscles atrophy because they're not being used, Mm -hmm. it just always makes me think about, for example, people with, people with dementia, people with Alzheimer's and just things like that. Doctors will tell you in order to avoid this. You know, make sure you keep your brain stimulated. Make sure you're doing crossword puzzles mm-hmm. when you're getting old. Make sure you're, you know, not just sitting around letting your brain rot. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't stimulate your brain, 
it like like you said, it's addicted to being stimulated. Always, yeah. When it's not getting that, it will literally die. It will literally oh, shrink and no, decay. No, actually shrink. Yeah. You know, no, you will lose brain cells. Yeah, people um, with people with Alzheimer's, their their brain physically deteriorates yeah. and like shrinks. Well, that's a little bit different. Alzheimer's because that's an actual like. No, yeah, that's completely different. That's, compl- that's completely but, different. But I know what you're saying, and I, and honestly, I've heard it before that people who are in solitary confinement. There is brain damage, mm-hmm. quite literally brain damage, mm-hmm. just from being completely isolated, and that is how that is the importance of stimulation to our brain, um, and and I mean that is probably the number one drive. I would say like number two is like withdrawals. Yeah. Um, but to keep going and to be constantly stimulated by a drug and to just be craving that drug f- for that specific stimulation is is the root of it yeah uh yeah i feel like i feel like before we end i feel like using drugs as such a common theme can be difficult for people who don't have a drug addiction Mm -hmm. and we were saying before that you can be addicted to people as well yeah this is a really big one because even like even being alone people hate Mm. and even like just a mother and a baby for for example when a mother gives birth and she has her child with her and the skin-to-skin contact or whatever they, like, really stress that's important, the mother produces oxytocin, the baby produces oxytocin, and it's, like, just the fact that our brains can dictate this feeling. Mm-hmm. But, yes, okay, so the fact that physically you can be addicted to people, you, like, I feel like if people have... We even talked about this in the car. We were saying, oh addiction to people whatever some people don't really believe in it Mm. or people will just throw that term around and say that but no your body actually releases chemicals that make Mm -hmm. you feel really good around people and it's craving the 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 feeling that those people can give you yeah um i i mean i just think of like the, the biggest like example for people who are addicted to people is just like stalkers true like people who literally stalk and are so consumed by, like, this idea of that, yeah. per, you know, that person. And that's scary. Yeah. When you think of an addiction to a person, that's what I always think of is, like, yeah, a stalker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't know if you can truly be addicted to a person. Because a person isn't... Yeah. They're not going to really, like, I don't know. It's not, like, you're going to have withdrawals. Yeah. Well, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe, like, if you're in a very happy relationship with someone like technically right. you're kind of addicted to them i don't know it's, right it's, it's it's that's an interesting that's a really interesting like thing to think about yeah because how i was saying like okay not everyone can relate to a drug addiction a relationship like i know many people who are in bad toxic even like abusive relationships yeah. Okay, I don't know that many people, but like, <laughs> i made mm-hmm. it sound like i know all my all my friends are in toxic relationships no mm-hmm. that is not the case but I have heard many, not even my own friends, people that I, people that are friends of friends, in toxic relationships, and they just can't leave, right? Because they're so addicted to being intimate with this person. Mm-hmm. When you when you have sex with a person, you are both releasing bonding chemicals. Oh yeah, for sure. Or even just looking into someone else's eyes. Even looking into someone's eyes, even laying next to a person. Yeah. And you get this wave of calm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 
literal drugs, like literal chemicals in your brain being produced. Well, that's that we already, our brains naturally produce drugs. Mm -hmm. The drugs that you see on the outside, like, you know, like cocaine, marijuana, whatever. Those are just enhancing pretty much whatever is in your brain. Yeah. Um, They're enhancing those specific chemicals. So, like, naturally we already have everything there. Yeah. Like, our our brains are naturally producing drugs You know what's ridiculous? I heard this thing where when you die, your brain releases DMT, whatever DMT is, like, whatever the chemical it is. Mm -hmm. Your brain releases that, and people people do DMT like as a like a psychedelic whatever yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. It it blows me away. It blows me away because I'm like, you have all these drugs in your brain. How is it possible that we can man make a drug and mm-hmm. give it to you now, but amplified a million times over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, I think. Well, I mean. Not all drugs are going to be man-made, you know? Right. I mean, what's cool about, like, marijuana specifically is that our brains naturally have a cannabinoid system. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Uh, and when you, when you like, smoke, th- those... those um, can- Receptors. Yeah, those receptors are just enhanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you already naturally have an endocannabinoid system within yeah. our brains. And so when you smoke, that... Um, that there's just a, a rush of, of cannabinoids. It's almost like reinforcing that pathway that already exists. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And the reason why we have, I don't know exactly why, but I think like the cannabinoid system in our brains is like supposed to be like a pleasure center. Yeah. Or like a, re, a, um, a reward center. Yes. Or I think it's something like that. I'm not quite sure. Um, but you're on the, yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you mean. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty fast. That's tea. It's tea. This is tea. Like, <laughs> the, we uncovered things that I didn't even realize. Yeah. But when you talk about it, it's like, oh my god, it makes perfect sense. It does, yeah. Everything kind of fits into place. And it all it all comes back to just the brain and, like, the biological uh, components of, yeah. of, you know, addiction. I'm so glad that the biggest... When I first started this podcast, I said that I want the biggest theme to be mental health and I mm. want the biggest theme to be how powerful our brains are because mm-hmm. I don't think people give it that as much credit as it deserves. Definitely not. And people don't see it as being as powerful as it is. Mm-hmm. But look like everything that we've written down today goes back to the brain. Oh, yeah. Everything. I mean, everything you can ever talk about comes back to our brains. Yeah. It's just such a bizarre organ i know it's so incredible the brain named itself i was just gonna say that i saw that <laughs> somewhere i saw it on the bottom of a snapple cap yeah yeah which is just weird that's really trippy yeah that's really trippy it's so trippy like we're just we're our our whole experience <laughs> is just based on like a, a piece of meat in our heads oh like <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> It's so bizarre. A literal squishy... Squishy... Like, ball, ball in our head. Wrinkly ball. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? That's so incredible. So fucking weird. Wow. Okay, well, I think we have to end there <laughs> yeah. because that that just makes me feel weird. Yeah, well, there's not... I We covered everything. Yeah, we covered everything we wanted to say today. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you guys are here listening to our podcast, and Jack is very happy that he could be here. Oh, yeah, this was great. This was awesome. Yes, I had so much fun. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with a sibling, share it with your grandmother, <laughs> share it with whoever you want. Um, that would help me out a lot, so thank you. And, yeah, if you guys have any suggestions or any comments or questions that you want to ask me, Send me a DM, send me a snap, whatever you guys want to do. And thank you for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you, guys.